0: This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. This is the Golden Eagles podcast, hosted by Manly media manager Wayne Cousins, along with Sea Eagles premiership winner and chairman of the Golden Eagles Association, Mark Bryant. Each week, Cuzzo and Boxy will be joined by a different Sea Eagles legend to relive some great moments from our proud history and to find out what each of the guys are up to now. It's the first try! Manly have scored! The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the mighty Manly Warringah Seagulls. Eagles. Now over to Cuzzo and Boxy with this week's special guest.
1: And welcome to another episode of the Golden Eagles Podcast. Boxy, I'm back. Guess what? They found my personality. day it was a sense of humor. I'm glad to say <laughs> they found it because
2: I've had really good and glowing reports about the end of season uh, gig that you emceed, uh, mate. So clearly that sense of humor is, is busting out. So that's great. That's great, mate. I'm really, really happy about that.
1: Well, thanks very much for uh, taking care of our previous guests. You did an exceptional job without me. Thank you. So I feel honoured to just be back in your presence. 2008 Premiership winner. I just feel honoured. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. All right, let's move on now. Foxy, who's our special guest today? I'll let you introduce this man because you've been through pleasure and pain with well, this man. Absolutely, I have. Our special guest today, I guess,
2: uh, I credit a lot with, um, building the engine, um, that helped take and, and myself and a lot of the other young blokes, um, and, and stars of, of, Manly that have come through the ranks. Um, yeah, in sport, your body is your greatest asset, uh, and how you treat that body and how you condition that body, uh, and probably the mind as well, to be honest, is what will take you to those great heights. So our guest today is the great Don Singe, head of performance <laughs> of the mighty Manly Warringah sea Eagles.
1: Hello, Donnie. Hello, hello, lads. and uh, he thank hates, you very.
2: He hates compliments as well. If you can only see his face, he wants to punch me.
1: He's looking <laughs> good,
3: isn't he? Thank you very Donnie. much, boxer. That's very gracious of you. I am still going to hammer you. and, uh, <laughs> and um, But no, thank, thank you very much. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, and you yeah, very gracious and Trey.
1: Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, Donnie, before we go into your uh, history here with the Mighty Seagulls, the numbers say it all. Now, this is your website, donsinge.com.au. How is this for a quick summary? Well, I must have written them then, so they must <laughs> be good. And our NRL Grand Final in 2007, NRL Premiership win in 2008, World Club Challenge win in 2009, 2011 Seagulls' second NRL Premiership win, and 2013, a fourth Grand Final. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. He goes all right, Donnie Singe. (laughs) As well. So, Donnie, let's uh, go back to the beginning. Tell me about the Singe family growing up in New Zealand, and I believe you're one of seven kids.
3: I am one of seven kids, I'm the runt of the litter, uh, <laughs> and uh, and I can remember I won my first in-house uh, fighting tournament when I was 22 <laughs> against my younger sister, who was, uh, she was actually, she just had an operation, a child actually, and so I, I had quite an advantage, but I'm going to take that win. I do come from a very um, uh, staunch military family, and um, which you wouldn't think from my soft demeanour, but... Um, I grew up in a place called Dunedin down south, which uh, there weren't a lot of the dark folk, but um, but there was our family and a couple of others. So um, that was a, a great place to grow up. And I, I went to a, a high school called Kings, not the big Flash Kings High School of all the great reputed All Blacks and politicians, the other Kings, <laughs> which is still still very uh, uh, still a, a fine school with a very strong reputation in sport and academia. Now back then. Not so much, (laughs) but um, but I'm very proud, very proud of my roots in New Zealand, Uh, all my family, and yeah, it's been a a big part of me um, representing that that family as such um, as I've grown.
1: Tell me about playing sport growing up and you'd mentioned school. What were your best subjects and what were your worst ones? Recess and lunch. <laughs> Someone else's I reckon lunch. PE um, would have been up there for you.
3: <laughs> I tell you, I, I come from the time at school when uh, caning was uh, quite prevalent and I might add well-deserved. And also, um, you know, you didn't really get marks against you and... Um, yeah, you know, get a bad record, you 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 got a swift kick up kick up the butt or a punch. And uh you know what? I'd like to say it didn't hurt me, but I do have this this odd thing about me and my personality, so maybe it did. <laughs> funny, funny thing is it gives you
2: it gives you discipline and respect. Um you know, I got flogged as a kid too. <laughs> mainly, mainly by my by dad, but um who, who, you know
3: your dad must be ten foot tall. He
2: was now. He, he was then now, not so big, but um stands on but, a chair yeah. hey, hey, that's the uh, thing. Discipline, respect, well, they're the great life lessons.
3: Yeah, they are and, and look I um, Um, Look, I I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm going to be very honest, I wasn't the greatest uh, academic at school, I I admit that freely. And I was a bit of a a shit when it came to um, getting to school on time and things like that. However, what what I'd like to really stress is that I say that I was a shit at school. Uh, Sorry, I was a shit, you know, at at the type of school I did, but I wasn't a shit Gotcha. At the school. So there's a difference. So I always had a great attitude. They were always very supportive, always looked after me, always did their best for me. And uh, maybe at that time, I just wasn't ready. However, I've gone on to more things and taken a lot of lessons from them. But that was a great school, did well for me. And, uh, and from there, I, I um, left and went into the military. Mm. Uh, <laughs> very quickly. Loves the pain. <laughs> Loves the pain.
1: <laughs> Tell us about the military on TV at the moment. There's this show obviously called SAS. Yes. Yeah.
3: Well, that's not quite me. No. They carry guns and they go, like to go to war. Yeah. Um, um, the, the Special Airborne is a, a unit that I hold in very high regard. And so I, I know a lot of the operators from past and present who have served in those units and uh, it's a very prestigious um very, uh, as you see from the, from the, from the um, mm. show, um, great show too. And uh, I see uh, Shannon, Shannon is, um, is on that show at the moment. And uh, he, he's probably one of the guys that I look at with a lot of admiration around, not only what he does there, but generally as a trainer. So, so good on him. Good on him for doing what he's okay. doing.
1: Okay. Now, when you, you talked about the military background and your dad was in the army as well. What about yourself, Donny? How hard was it to make the transition from military skills to back to civic life for you? And then obviously going into what you do now?
3: Yeah, you know, when I when I left the military, I had uh, we we have these things called tickets, and and I I actually had done my time on frigates and the big boats, and then gone to uh, the smaller boats, the patrols. And when I actually decided to leave the military, in those days, um, you actually signed for twenty years. So when I signed my contract, it was at seventeen, um, I signed for twenty years. So I wanted to leave after four and a half. So like know? cherry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you, but better, better, better in professional sport. I don't think you're on the wicket that Ches is, but anyway. So you wanted to leave after but four che- and a half the, years? The, the
3: difference was Ches is earning his on not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, so, so what I did was, was I, I got in there and I and I and I worked away. I did every ticket I could find, and uh, I, I absolutely loved it. that. That that really uh, gave me a, a grounding and built me as a person. I really believe that. Whereas my morals and values came from mum and dad and the family and my siblings, my my actual grit uh, was definitely put into me in the military. And what happened was, I I got to a point where I just thought, you know, is, is there a bit more to life? I, you know, is there a bit more than staying here? I used to go past the the what we called the wets or the senior rates club, where where you go and have a drink. And what I noticed was, you know, I just I just noticed that there were senior rates and and they were still sort of frequenting that place. And I was young enough then, and and I think I had enough insight to think. Maybe it's not the place for me to stay for twenty years or so. Saying that, my brother did twenty-two. And uh so it, it is great if you're if you um take advantage of everything and and yeah, you know, yeah, he loves a fight. So he you like to stay. Great,
2: great bloke too. <laughs> like, yes. You know, if you don't want to mess with Donnie, you wouldn't mess with him. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: <laughs> but um, but I decided that I would leave. I wanted to have a look at Civvy Street. I put in my 717. I had a couple of friends who, who were also leaving at the same time. They made the mistake of writing, uh, when you had to give a reason, they made the mistake of writing dissatisfied with the service. That's the last thing you ever want to write. That'll get you, that'll get you another 20. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> chance. And I, uh, I was smart enough to write a little note about how I, I, I had become a man and I felt that I had learned so much. I'd like to see how I could go on, on um, Civvy Street, and they, they let me go. They they probably like to believe that um, it was time for me to go, and they were pushing me out the door.
1: <laughs> so when you when you left the army, as uh, navy, sorry, yep. when you ba- left the navy, you're back in New Zealand. Were you back here in Australia? How did, nope. how did you come oh, to Sydney? And
3: no, I was in New Zealand, and um, I, I'd already met my girlfriend then in the last year. Um, yeah, lucky woman, very lucky woman. And um, no my wife, uh, obviously, she's I'll very be lucky, beautiful, obvious, beautiful woman. Yes. Obviously, I am great in all respects. And and the thing is, is that uh, <laughs> we wanted to go and travel overseas. I wasn't sure about my skill set. I, I I could do lots of um, military, especially navy, fantastic painters. It would paint anything if it's not standing still, we'll paint it, and um and if it's moving, we'll do something else to it. But <laughs> you know it's it's um but but the thing is I, uh, went, I, I we left there. We went to the UK. And I worked in a whole lot of a series of jobs, everything from security back to painting and moving things and got into fitness, got into training. That pretty much came down to, to, to a remark my wife said to me where she said, you're doing a little bit more drinking and partying than you are working and taking life seriously. And she said, you need something to get rid of that energy energy other than just training, because I, I was still a mad trainer who would just train every day. So I, I, I started um, looking at, this is back in 1989, I started looking at exercise courses and how I could work in that, and, uh, and there she all
1: started. What was your first sporting team you were involved in, or athletes? The first, uh, the
3: first team I was involved with was the Manly Rugby Union Club, and um, I was picked out of a gym by one of their managers who literally said to me, look, we've got a 20-side uh, He used to come and work out with me and he just said, look, we just love the the discipline. I love that energy and discipline. I know you're ex-military. Could you come down and help us? So I did. That led me on to staying at the club for a few years and and ended with with that club winning a, a premiership under Tim Lane. That was an outstanding team and they went on to win the 97 or 98 premiership. Oh, you win so many, you just forget, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> just I can't yeah, remember. Imagine the storm. Imagine those guys at Storm. They like they, they've just run, they had to scratch a couple they, off. To be they, fair, they forget <laughs> they forget the ones they lost. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't
1: want the Premiership ring. I just want the Mad Monday. <laughs> so uh, the Seagulls, two thousand four. It all began the Seagulls. It,
3: it all began there. I actually did a. Uh, I worked with Des, Jason Lussick, and uh, with reserve grades. And Des actually took me under his wing way back in those years, around 2000. I, I went to Beacon Hill Bears. I had a great time with them at the junior football. They taught me my, uh, my, my trade with rugby league. I didn't know really what league was. I'd come straight from union. And, and that was a real eye opener for me, just in the work ethic and the different type of athlete. And then I went to, uh, I was fortunate enough to be um, trusted by Dez to, to come back from Japan. And, uh, and he gave me that position as the head strength and conditioning coach in 2004. So 2003 preseason. I'll tell you a quick story. I'll tell you, he's good and he, he hasn't changed. So I, I literally got off the plane and, I, and I'm, I'm at home and my phone rings, you know, and he says, well, yeah, right, we're, yeah, we're ready to go. We've got, we've got all those programs ready. He goes, um, we've got one thing. He goes, uh, we're going we're gonna to start our training down at, uh, at, at Worrywood. And we were going out the back of Rat Park. And he said to me, um, but we don't have a field lined up. Now, now this is Sunday, right? <laughs> now we're starting Monday morning, right? This is Sunday. And he says to me, Um, I've arranged for the for the linesman from Brookie to go down and he he's gonna he's to lay the field down and we've got to put these grids out because yeah, Des wants his field. Like, yeah, you know, if he could have s- stuff that just popped up and got in your way, he'd have it, yeah. You know? So so he gets me down there, the linesman's there. The guys from council are there to make sure that we're going to put down exactly what des and the councilman agreed to, which obviously was miles away from what I was told to put down. Yeah, I was putting oh, I't I was putting down an airstrip you know but <laughs> but I've got there and it's Sunday afternoon and I'm out there with this groundsman and this this uh, councilor and we're putting down these rugby league fields and all these grids and anything else we wanted. And that was, my, that was my first day on the job, Sunday before we started. But uh, Des is still as, he, as good as he is today. He, he wanted it done. He planned it. He made sure the right people were in the right place, and he got it done, and it was done.
1: <laughs> Your relationship with Des is obviously strong. It's incredible. Uh, the, the amount of trust and respect for each other, obviously you have a lot of banter as well. And there's a quote here I want to read out to you about Des on Donnie and obviously Crusher Clear working with the both of them. This is what Des had to say. They're the only two... They can really put up with me over the years. (laughs) They're both very seasoned. They're both very credentialed, very professional in what they do. They know the requirements and they're good at it. Sums up you and Crusher to a T, but that relationship with Des, like working with Des and yourself now, obviously at the club, you definitely have your highs and you definitely have your lows.
3: Look, absolutely. Look, I I was a made sort of man in terms of national and international sporting teams and athletes and Tennis Australia athletes uh, before I came to Manly. But I think, that, you know, the way Dez coaches, as everyone knows, he was so uh, persistent and, and with his direction and with it, the way that he is, um, he, he really taught me to dot my eyes and cross my t. So I, I credit a lot of my formulating myself to, to a more elite type of uh, coach, especially dealing with these types of athletes that I was about to be engaged with to what Dez laid down for us. And at the same time, as he said, you know, um, the way I look at it is that, um, you know, Des. sometimes I just want to kill him. I want to check. Yeah. He, 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 he runs me right to that edge. And then just when I think I've got it, he will ask me again, why did you do that? Like he just constantly tests me. And he, if you ask him, would just find me quite humorous. (laughs) (laughs) But he is, he, he he is,
2: he's an exception. He has exceptionally high standards, hence why he has the record that he does. Mm. And he holds his players and his staff to that accountability because accountability in rugby league, in, in anything in life, in, you know, I feel, and it's something that's built into me now is you've got a standard. You have to live up to that standard. You know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. And Des will hold that to you. You know, you can ask me now, I can't remember, Someone asked me the other day, can you remember the first try you scored in first grade? I was like, I only scored three of them. So shit, I probably should be able to, but I can't, and, and but I can remember the first, every ball that I dropped ever, because I knew that I was going to get held to task with it from, from Des at the bloody video session, you know, and they're those standards that I have now, you know, I don't want to compliment at all. I hate compliments, but you know, if I stuff up correct yourself quickly.
3: Absolutely. And, and look, a lot of things that um, the reason why, why media and things like that don't upset me or when fans get upset with Dez is because I'm the guy who goes in there with, with his other coaches who are all of the same caliber. And I sit there and they tell us, you know, he, he'll tell us what he thinks he's done wrong first, every time mm. before he looks at you, he'll always pull him, pull all his stuff apart. And then he looks at you. What have you got? Don't be looking at anyone else's backyard when you come back to him because he wants to know what you've got.
1: And then, yeah exactly right well speaking of uh Des, and we're going to come back and talk a bit more about Dez and, and donnie with the great donnie Sinch. it's half time here we're going to take a uh, quick word from our sponsor and we'll be back with the great donnie Sinch. the
0: golden eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the manly Warringah sea eagles Wormald is a leading provider of fire protection solutions helping to protect australian people and property for over 130 years Wormald's expertise spans the design, manufacture, installation and service of fire safety products and equipment backed up with a comprehensive range of fire services from engineering advice to fire safety training. You can rely on Wormald to help protect you. Visit wormold.com.au
1: And welcome back to our second half uh, chat with the great Donnie Singe, Head of Performance for the mighty Manly Ringers Seagulls. Donnie, we were talking before about your relationship with Des. What about Crusher? You've worked for so long with Crusher. Crusher and Des, you and Crusher, when you watch this together, there's a lot of laughs, like I said, there's a lot of respect. But what is it about Crusher?
3: You know, he, he's, uh, he's he's just such an honest bloke. Mm. He really is, um, you know, uh, two great sons. And, like, uh, just a quick story about Crusher. In my very, very early days, I made the res- the mistake of sort of yeah, I didn't really know the politics of things, and so I made a comment. Anyway, I won't go into detail, but but it sort of it didn't favour with um, with Crusher, and I remember Crusher coming into the to the office, and and I remember him being a bit upset. And I said, "Oh, what's wrong?" And he, and he and he looked around, and yeah, the office had people, and he goes, "Oh, yeah, somebody somebody said blah blah blah," and I went, oh, "Shit!" Yeah, I didn't say it at the time, but I looked at him, yeah, and I thought, because it was me, I, I, was, <laughs> I was what had said it. So I looked at him, I thought, "Jesus, yeah." Why the fuss? <laughs> anyway, when you say that to a man that size with hands like his, I'm thinking there's so many ways he can hurt me. I need to sort this out. So what I did was I waited, and I've, I've waited. He's gone back to his office, right? And, um, well, it was actually more like a barn, but you know, he's gone back to his office. He's chomping on some hay. I've, I've walked straight in there, and I've just, thought, I've just said, hey, crush. I said, um, that thing you're talking about, I just said, that was me. And he's looked at me, and I just thought, Jesus, you know, what's he going to say? How's he going to go? and and he just looked straight at me and he, he just looked at me and he says all right all right and i said mate i i didn't i didn't realize that that was an issue but that that was me you don't have to look any further so yeah, um and he just looked at me and he just said all right th- thanks for telling me and i just thought Oh, that's worse because <laughs> I thought now something really bad's going to happen somewhere so um so anyway I, I I left that but you know what I I think yeah uh, what I learned about him was if you're straight and I know him and dares get like that but I'll get to that in a second. but uh, but if you're straight with crusher and and that's exactly who he is he's always been like that I worked with Kane I think the work I did with Kane probably saved me, but uh, yeah, because Kane, Kane was a hard trainer and, and you know, and Kane had one of those physiques which you had to train hard. Had to train <laughs> hard. A lot like boxing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're going to get to some of the interesting players and characters that uh, you've trained over the years, Donnie, but I want to go to, obviously, we touched on your great uh, achievements before, the premiership teams, obviously, uh, 2008 and 2011. When I say what makes him so different, obviously you know, different team, different players, personnel. But what was it in your eyes that made the 2018 team so special, and why was it so different to the two thousand
3: eleven team? Okay, the the first thing is is that I I would absolutely acknowledge every other coach that worked with me because one of the great things, and I know we don't, want, I know this isn't um, Dez's show, but one of the great things was he always provides what I needed in that department, and he And one of the things that I really, and I've said this before, um, one, one of the, the best uh, experiences that I have is that some people will ask you why you don't know something. And then they'll look at you as if to say, well, you should know it. And, and it's a negative. Whereas Des would look at you and he would say, um, do you know about this? And I would look at him and I would say, yes. But he would look at me and say, no, you don't. And, and, and what would happen is we'd go through this little dance, but at the end of it all, he would say to me, listen, this is what I, I want you to go and investigate this. This is how you, uh, this is where I saw it. Um, I, I did a bit of research. I looked at this guy, go and find out about that and bring it back. Now that just encourages growth. That, that really does. And he's still like that. And, uh, and that's, that's just great leadership. But that's, um, yeah, that, 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 that was something that we did in those years always looking and discovering and mm. and finding things
2: trying to find the edge isn't it you know like you, you get there and, and whether it, yeah there's fitness but then looking at what's out there how can we improve each individual player or athlete but how can you improve the team as a whole you know oh, he's always brilliant
1: well that 2018 then like we said to win 40 nil like talking to boxy you and know, obviously being a part of it and all the other guests we've had on so far who were involved in that grand final you can never imagine a scoreline like that you just want to win the game but that day Donnie when you look back on that whole season and the achievement at the end how special is that to you in your like memory bank like is that right up there that 40 oh, nil
3: look you know winning any any premiership is 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 yeah. right there but that one there because also we'd lost the 2007 premiership yep. and the amount of work the thing I loved most about 2008 and what that group of men did was they actually learned from the year before and we as coaches learned and we we refined and 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 moved a few things around, and we jiggled around with this, and we got we got that right formula, and we knew it, and um and, and we and we pursued it, we went right through to the end. But one of the things I want to say about those teams, and I and I still say it today, and it takes nothing away from any other team I've worked with. But those guys, they were absolute genuine footballers. They they loved footballer. They loved contact. They loved you know um, shifting the ball. They they loved the the the, the entire competition. And I think that was the the real strength of that team. Genuine footballers.
2: And you you look at, for instance, when I was looking at the grand final that we've just watched on the weekend, you know, Penrith. I was like, I had a guy, a mate of mine, no, nah, Penrith are going to win. I said, they're a young team. They haven't been to a grand final before. I said, you've got battle-hardened Melbourne on the other side. I said, they won't win. I guarantee you now. I said, they, might, they may play some good footy, but they played like that too. They threw the ball around. They were throwing it out their ass. You know, whereas we learned from the year before and came back and we, we were happy to get in that arm wrestle and that grind and just wear teams down and we didn't make mistakes. And, you know, they say, you know, we had a lot of luck, you know, you make your own luck through, oh, through, through discipline, you know, and, and through, through sticking to our game plan, which was always just, you know, to the T with, you know, with, with Des and the coaches. So, you know, compared to, you know, to, to, to other teams that hadn't been there, we were, um, yeah, and certainly to that Penrith team, you know, we had to lose one to win one. And it hurts a year in between them of laying on the pitch out there at ANZ <laughs> Stadium and Donnie and, and, and Rossi and the trainers coming up and having to drag us off there and the disappointment. I can't tell you the polar opposite difference between losing yep. a grand final and then winning one by that margin. I mean, it's just, it's so much of a, a, a of, of a different feeling. But, um, yeah, it was um, it was an exceptional bunch of blokes that's for sure for,
3: for a start you know the difference was um you know in 2007 yeah you had to go out and help them off it was really you uh, know in 2008 they couldn't find us they couldn't even get a drink they couldn't even <laughs> they couldn't even get their strapping cut off we were we were gone we were already <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to drink a
2: beer and i think might have, the, the, i got drug tested after it anyway and i was just about to crack a beer and and, and and down the first one anyway this asada guy's just gone hey don't do that and i've just gone your hands. Donnie's going to settle down, Boxy. I said, okay, listen, we just won a grand final 40 nil, mate. Can we go and get this out of the road now so I can have a beer? Sure. Donnie's give me the old good boy. Good boy.
1: Now, but, we, yeah. uh, we talk about the uh, the parties afterwards and the celebration at the lease Club. Boxy tells me he went for a week or so. <laughs> How long did you go for Donnie? And, uh, yeah.
3: Me? Oh, you know, geez. I was probably right there first, but probably that. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> I, 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 am a, I am an impressively boring man. I really high, am. high octane burn. I, act, yeah, it. you know what? That's exactly what it was. I sort of jumped around, leapt about a bit on the in the moments, and then uh, I went home. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Now, um, 2011. What was different that team to 2008?
3: I'll tell you what. The men in the team were different, but the the, the culture, the feel. And the football was not and 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 that really was we they they'd managed to harness that, and the men that had moved out of that squad, everybody was just still so supportive and still still part of that group, so the new guys who'd come in, I think they would they would agree with me when they were very well versed and educated on what was happening within that group, and they very quickly came up to that level and i I think the only difference was the names on the board, I think the team itself in terms of um, the football, type of football it played,
2: And it is, you know, that it is that culture as well. You know, you have different players come, they go. The culture at Manly that we're so revered for is something that you buy into, you know. Once you buy into it, then it, it just washes over you. But it's definitely a line that you cross. And, um, you know, so many great guys have, have come here, accepted and, and brought into that culture. Hence, you know, it makes you a better footballer, in my opinion. Mm.
1: When you talk about culture, Donnie, at Manly, and you've been there since 2004, when you came back to the Seagulls, what did you miss? Not so much, obviously, the club, but that culture. Like, I know when you returned and I joined up with you again, what was it about Manly that excited you to return?
3: You know, it's um, a little bit like what Boxy said. It's, it's just always there. You know, the, the funny thing is that I did go away for a couple of years but it was actually boxy it was it was boxy and a couple of other players who literally rang me up in my when I was away from the club and said listen we we want to get you back involved and that that really it's funny because when we move away, we always think we're connected, but unless you make an effort to connect, you're not, and we think we're making an effort but but we're not but that was probably the strongest year I had with that reconnection. so when I walk into manly, I actually carry inside me that and i this will sound a bit hairy fairy, but you know. I actually carry it with me anyway, regardless of what's going on around me i've I've still got the history of those coaches that I worked with, even at administration and those players so so for me the the, the real the real um, plus was coming back and, and literally standing on that field and feeling like I was back back with a really worthy, strong, purposeful squad that I wanted to work with that and and, the, and they showed that
1: they- and that's where the Golden Eagles Association what boxy leads and runs those golden eagles days like like as box has always said it doesn't matter if you're a player an official a trainer like yourself or a volunteer if you've been involved with the seagulls you're always welcome and oh, that's what's so it, good about those golden eagles yeah. days
3: and and it really did it really did um i, I just can't stress it enough you know and leanne my, my my lovely wife always says to me that that was my reconnection and and it, it was very powerful and and um and i believe it was quite instrumental and 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 really ramping me up to 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 push and pursue and get my position. And of course, there was beers involved because we, <laughs> oh, we, yeah, we went <laughs> down to watch a game and our Golden Eagles polos and we drank some beers. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: L- lots of beers.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah no,
1: look, it's uh, it's incredible, isn't it? Because. Um, Knowing you and seeing you on the field there at training and, and Boxy can testify this being one of your um well I wouldn't say victims but uh, <laughs> one of your uh, former men former men former men, men. former men former athletes <laughs> yeah. what is it about Donny when you're out there training with him and he's barking the orders and he's there because obviously a he's he's got the care factor b he wants to see you bring out your very best but what is it that you admire about this man
2: oh do you know for me there's a, there's a lot of things um you know I suppose when you when you start out when you're a younger player a younger guy it's a hard thing it's like oh we've got to get to the end of this but you know that you're you know, you're building towards something as you get older you understand and you've been in first grade for a few more years you know what he's trying to do and he's trying to make you better the thing that I always loved and respected about Donny is that he cares he calls them his men from his military background it is and you know and if he had to you know run to Wollongong and back uh, overnight to make you better for your game then he'd do that you know, um, if you need to do an extra gym session, you need to do absolutely anything else. You can always go to him and he'll give you the absolute best advice or he'll tell you that you actually don't need to do that. You need to do this. And it's that care factor, I think, that, you know, whilst he did cause a lot of pain, good ones, <laughs> I can still hear him counting in my head. One, two, <laughs> three. But, but you know, and, and I miss that now yeah. because, you know, when you look back and, uh, and see it, but, you know, Donnie always had – us as as people um and as athletes um and as as footy players in his head and getting us prepared for game day the absolute best way that he could was something that i just admired you know if he thought you'd had enough and he knew that you were putting in the effort then you know there was no dramas but if you had more to give he'd drag it out of you that's (laughs) for sure
3: just quickly on that that on that counting thing there boxer i remember uh you know, sometimes I actually didn't have a stopwatch, but I, I am an expert at getting the 10, 20, to 30s in the minutes <laughs> correct, so I think, but uh, but um, Brett Stewart sums it up the best. I was trying to – I had him running a whole lot of drills one day, and then in the end I admitted and I said, hey, mate, I, I said, I can't find the stopwatch on this phone. And he grabbed it. It was an old Nokia. He looked at it and he, did. he just threw it away and said, there is no stopwatch on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, Donnie, we've unfortunately run out of time, but we'd love to get you back on. Uh, and maybe when we get you back on, we want to talk about some of the great athletes, including Boxy, uh, that you've uh, trained over the years at the Seagulls. So uh, we'd love to have a chat with you again if you'd like to come back. But look, thank you for today. Um, first of all, congratulations on all your achievements at the Seagulls. You are manly through and through. Uh, you may not have a playing number, as they say, but when it <laughs> comes to club legends, Donnie is right up there, Boxy.
2: Right up there, mate. With a, uh, with an acumen like that, I mean, head of performance in a performance-based industry,
0: just speaks for itself, doesn't
1: it? Exactly. Couldn't thank ask for a well. better man. Thank so, you, gentlemen. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks,
0: Donnie. This has been the Golden Eagles podcast, presented by Wormald and recorded in the studios of Manly Media partner ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Sea Eagles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Head for more episodes and other official Sea Eagles podcast channel shows, head to seagulls.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII Live Media production for the Manly Raringa Seagulls official podcast channel.